Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Uh, we're great, man. Every day on the podcast is a holiday. I think we have someone special, someone who's been around the program for almost 25 years. Is that right? Ooh. Yeah, 24 years, I think it says on on if I if I Google stalked you correctly. Uh, <laughs> the director of football brand communications, Brian Lucas, who's been one of my friends since I think I showed up on campus or even had my first interview. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem, guys. This will be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. It will be, because yeah. you I, probably I, I, remember a lot of things. Yeah, remember a lot of things and remember a lot of things that uh, can't be uh, discussed that loud. We know, we know Brian knows a lot of stories that we can and cannot share here today, which is one of the many reasons we are excited to talk about talk to him. But I mean, before we get into some of the backstories, got to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Re- receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Literally before we start recording, we were talking about Dantez Sanders. And so you started to say, my favorite Dantez Sanders stories is, and that's usually a good jumping off place for any conversation is something that I've noticed. So fill in the blank, Brian Lucas. My favorite Dantez Sanders story is? Um, So I think it was 2004. We won at Ohio State. And the locker room at Ohio State to get to the media room, you got to go upstairs and then there's a landing and then the stairs go up the other direction. So I was bringing Coach Bielema down from his interview and Dantez was walking up to his interview. So we met on the landing and Brett had just <clears throat> gotten a question about some of the players dancing on the O at Ohio State after the win. And he grabs Dantez. And he goes, did you dance on that bleeping O? And Dantes, as excited as can be, was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And Brett goes, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> and he's like, what, what? He's like, we got to play them again. Dantes like, not me. I'm a senior. I'm out of here. <laughs> it was great. He was so proud of himself. Uh, but 
Coach Bielema had a different view of, of the post-game activities. But Dantes uh, also is from Ohio, so that was a big uh, – uh, He we almost got in a fight before the game because of Dantes. So, like, that whole day was Dantes uh, – his I don't I wouldn't say coming out, but it was his um disrespecting the O at Ohio State as much as he possibly could. I only wish I could have sat and listened to that um interview afterwards. It would have been great. So Brian, I bet I know we have a lot to talk about, but I'm sure you've been around a lot of like interesting interviews. Any stick out besides like Dante's? Um, one that didn't happen, another former teammate of yours, um, after we beat Minnesota, I feel like it was 2002, um, to, to go to a bowl game, to clinch like bowl eligibility, Anthony Davis ran for like 305 yards, five touchdowns, just an amazing game. And so we always do the head coach first with interviews and then we do players. So, um, we did coach Alvarez and then we need to get players. And my job back then was to get the players out of locker room. And so I walk into the locker room and AD is nowhere to be found. And so he, he always took long, like he running backs, all running backs traditionally take very long. They're the last person from Jonathan Taylor to Melvin Gordon to Anthony Davis all of them, last person, Braylon Allen, all of them, last person out of the locker room. So looking around for AD, we're doing the interviews, other interviews, and Justin Doherty at the time was was the head football guy. He's like, hey, where's Anthony? I'm like, I don't know. I can't find him anywhere. So we're, we're like wrapping up the interviews like an hour after the game. And so Justin finally calls him, and he's out to dinner with his parents. He's like, oh, I didn't think anyone would want to talk to me. And we're like, you had 300 yards and five times. You are the reason we won the game. So we ended up doing the media availability. I don't know if he was like out Outback Steakhouse or something, but over the phone on Justin's cell phone. Um, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. He, yes. He he was not, uh, at that point in his career, he didn't love the interview. So I, I think maybe, maybe it was calculated, you know, but... Well, when you have to do an interview pretty much after every single game you play, it it's it must become a lot. What is what Brian, is there like a, a media training? Like I don't remember, I just remember someone saying, like, don't curse and don't like call your you know your teammates out in any stupid way. Is there there must be more to this than I'm just not remembering? Yeah, well, the guys who had more interviews, we did more media training with, so <laughs> I just had like one or two a year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, we we try to do something before the season, like a, during fall camp, like a big team presentation uh, where, yeah, you get the slides and you show some funny videos maybe of, of guys on other teams or professional guys blowing up or the Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40. And, you know, get them laughing a little bit and then you try to hit them with, just some some basics of yeah don't you can never go wrong you know praising a teammate don't give any bulletin board materials you don't need to talk about what we're going to do you talk about you know working hard and all this and we try not to i mean i i don't know that i've ever told any in my 25 years of with basketball and football told anyone what to say but 
it's trying to give the guys parameters of if you don't know what to say, here's something to say. Um, or if you don't want to, if you don't want to get taken down this road, you know, don't be standoffish with a no comment. Here's a way you can kind of turn it into something positive. Um, you know, it's obviously after wins, it's easy. You just you kind of roll out the ball and let them say whatever they want. After losses, it's hard. After the coach gets fired in the middle of the season, it's it's hard. And um, but I've been fortunate enough that again, I I worked for the bas- men's basketball team f- from Bo's first year until like 2008, 2009, and then I've been doing football ever since then. And the the guys have been terrific to deal with. Um, it's you know you can count on maybe one or two fingers, the number of difficult guys. And my thought is our, the difficult guys at Wisconsin would kind of be like the, the class, the A students at, at other schools, you know, so, so the problems I'm, I've been dealing with, I think are, are pale in comparison to, to maybe what some other schools have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. And so for the, for people who aren't as familiar with you, Brian, um, can you just like, Give us like a quick like 30,000 foot view of like what you do and what your role is within the department and sort of how you've grown in that since you started back, you know, when AD and Bernie were around. I'm going to get to asking about what Bernie was like at, at Media Days as well. So we'll get there in a minute. But let, let just uh, chart us through your journey a little bit more and talk about the kind of stuff you did in those past roles and what you're doing today. Yeah, so I... I went to Notre Dame um, and I worked in what was then their sports information office as a student. And it was basically media relations. That's the, someone called for an interview, you hooked them up with whoever they wanted to talk to. And that's that kind of transitioned. I worked for a year at Marquette as an intern and bounced over to UW as an intern. Um, and yeah, that was, you know, keep stats um, and then answer media inquiries. That, that was the, the job for, until kind of the mid 2000s when like we started blogging like that was a that was a crazy thing we did live blogs from basketball games and that was like trend setting which is ridiculous to think about now um and then social media came on board um i remember sending the first tweet in at badger football history it was from coach bielma's office it was on signing day like 2009 maybe or 2010 we did like live updates from coach Bielma's office and I I forget who the first signee was that morning but we tweeted out like welcome to the Badgers whoever and like six foot two 195 pounds wide receiver you know it was it was very dry um so so that obviously that has impacted the the position a lot um and then just being able to be our kind of own content producers now with with video, with social media, with graphics, that has has changed it a lot too. But still at at its core, I'm the PR person for the football team. So a lot of that is media relations, both local, national, dealing with TV broadcasts that come in. Um and podcasts you know, that come in. Yes, yeah, all the all the legitimate and illegitimate podcasts that, that call in for requests. Hopefully, we're the former. <laughs> Depends on the day. Depends on the day, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that the proliferation of media 
um, has been a change too. Because whatever you know, when when Bernie was playing, there were a couple beat writers and the local TVs, and that was it. And now <clears throat> there's you know Badger two four seven. There's Badger Blitz. There's all kinds of websites dedicated solely to covering us. Then there's podcasts solely that cover us. And then there's national podcasts that also need to fill time, um, you know, every week as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of, and especially, I mean, we'll get into this, but especially when you have a high demand person right now, coach fickle, you know, they, they fly in three years ago, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, you, um, you know, managing that and knowing when to say no, when to say yes. And, that kind of stuff is is a challenge. So, Brian, you're saying that um, things have changed since, like, you just got pulled into the weight room to do a a, a quick interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've we've formalized the structure a little better. Um, we didn't even have a backdrop. No, <laughs> it was just the was weight room, <laughs> right? Um, and. Post practice interviews, I think when I mean when you were playing, the the locker room was still in the basement, mm-hmm. and weren't the like all American plaques like right outside the entrance? I feel like there were couches out there, and like sometimes outside. We, I'm yeah, trying to think because I haven't. I mean, I haven't really thought about the outside of the locker room in twenty years, and it's changed so much that every time I go right. back, I don't even. You know, I can't even reckon. But I remember the inside of the locker room. Are there couches out there? I remember the hallway in the McLean Center to the locker room that had that that had like all of the all Americans with like the like the plaque, right? And so it had like with with, with the head and uh, it was like a black plaque with like white writing, I think, or gold writing, and the gold. And it had all those like 1962 end Pat Richter. I was just end like defensive offense. What the heck is an end? You know, (laughs) you know. But yeah, so those were all in the hallway, at least coming from the track locker room where I was coming from through to over football where where football was and we would we would do post-practice interviews out there and some guys would sit on the couch some but it was very informal because there were only like i said it was only like tom mulhern and jeff patrikas and jim polzine and then a couple tv and mike lucas then was covering not for us but for the cap times and that was basically it there were you were able to form maybe not relationships but at least a, a working knowledge of who was around now it's because there's so many people, there's less of that. Um, and just because the other thing is, thankfully, we've been practicing in the mornings now. So we don't have to stay until 730 at night doing interviews, um, which I assume for the media, for myself, for the players is, is better as well. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of things have changed. What, what do you think the biggest change is? is the social media piece? Yeah, it has to be. Um, not only how we use it and we're able to get messages out but also what the guys see now i mean my assumption is when you were playing i mean before social media if jeff patrikas wrote something or tom mulhern wrote something guys weren't buying the wisconsin state journal to go read about it but even if they're not looking at the article now someone's reacting to it and tweeting it and tweeting about it no did you see what these this person said or that person said and the same thing if you said said something about ohio state and jeff patrikas wrote about it in the milwaukee journal sentinel 
they might get it in Columbus before Saturday. If you say it on Monday, they might not. They might not ever see it. But now they're going to see it. They're going to see it 30 seconds after you say it. Because yep. it's not even going to be written. It's going to someone's going to have a video clip of it and post it, and you know their coaches are going to see it and circulate it before you even get back to the locker room now. So yeah, it it's changed and and just what guys are exposed to the positive and the negative. Trying to deal with that, I can't imagine. I mean, I I scroll through and I get pissed off at stuff. And I'm I've been in I'm 46 years old and I've been in it for 25 years. It's not even about me. You know, 99% of the time, I can't imagine if it was about me and I, I saw it. Um, so it's- what, what do you do? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Because that's, the social media was not around. Like, Facebook just came onto the scene. You couldn't do anything. It's actually kind of probably better for me that, that none of this was around during my time um, at UW. Talk about being, like, on a poster board in Ohio State or all these other places. Would have been terrible. Um, but the negative stuff that, like, I har- I hate opening. It's fun to read some of the the, 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 the positives are great to read. They're funny. They're, they're interesting. What? Do you guys do anything for the negative? Like, do you guys, do you bring kids to see someone to talk it out or to like, how do I, I, I can't even wrap my head around what it's like to deal with the negative side of social media. The big thing is like, try right after a loss. A lot of guys, I mean, even in the locker room, a lot of guys are after any game, actually, a lot of guys are on their phone afterwards, mm-hmm. just, just looking at stuff. And after a loss, especially, that's dangerous because you want your you have all the emotions of what just happened, and then you see some random person, or, or whether it's a random person or uh, you know a person with a blue or gold check mark. I don't even know what the check marks. <laughs> which, which one is the right one anymore? Um, you know, and they want to respond. They want to. The natural inclination is to to talk back, to smack back at them. Um, so like one of the main things is like, don't go on your phone in the locker room right after a loss. Or if you're bussing back from Iowa and you've got three hours on a bus. Oh God. Like, and I assume you're showing other guys, you're, Hey, did you see this? And, and so then you've got everyone else in your ear going, Oh, you need to, you need to clap back. Yeah. Um, you know, just taking some time and, and realizing that that's what like, most of our, our guys are, are here, like at this level, most of the people, you know, saying that stuff are not even on the screen. Like don't give them the time of day. It's easier, much easier said, much than easier done. said than done. Yeah. Um, but it, it's hard. I, I couldn't imagine. Especially being, after a loss and being so wrong. I, I would, I could see myself being on that bus coming back from Iowa if we weren't, you know, if no one snuck a bottle on the bus, like how poorly I would have reacted and how much you would have been like, Bernie, you know, come on in here. 
what's up with this tweet? And then yeah. these 30 other ones. Um, but I can't, I just can't understand how they do it. I, I just feel like it's such a social media can be so great if it's used positively, but it's not used positively for like the 90% of it. And if you fumble the ball, or like you lose a game, you miss a kick. Like we talk about how annoying that is and how frustrating it must be. But then people can literally tweet at you how brutal that must be. I just can't even. Or like, going to the extreme. It. I mean, you see people get, you see kids get death threats. Like, like, you know, on, you know, for, if a kid misses a kick, if he drops an interception or a touchdown or something like that, it's it, it's mind boggling to me. Now, at the same time, a lot of these, you know, the kids that we talk about because we're old men, uh, you know, they've grown up with it and it's been second nature to them because they've had a device in their hands since they could talk or since they could, you know, crawl. And so it, it, it maybe it affects them differently. And we can't, you know, mm. that's why that's why we have the expert Brian here to, to tell us how, you know, they adapt very differently than we do. But um, no, but one, one of the uh, questions speaking about social media though, is um, even from football administration to football administration, if you will, you, you see, you know, changing social media practices. And I think that a lot of fans have noticed that since coach fickle and the new staff have arrived, it's been more active on social media. Is that been something that, you know, has been a dedicated strategy on your part, on their part. How has that sort of all come together? And how do you see social media being used as a tool for the program moving forward? Yeah, so, I mean, Coach Fickle is... He might be, I don't know, Brett might have had, Brett had a Twitter when, to the tail end of his career with Wisconsin. But, I mean, Coach Fickle's the first coach who is active on Twitter that we've had in a while um, and came with a, a decent following, but then obviously right after he got hired, got a big following and between himself, uh, the recruiting staff is, is very aggressive on social media. Um, they had um, a woman on their staff, Kelsey Sharkey, who, who just recently joined our staff, who, We've never had someone dedicated in football that works for football that has been kind of social and creative media focused. Um, so I think all that is shining through. I think he wants to be open. I mean, you saw the first team meeting. We we had a camera in there and and you know put that message out. So I think that's you know. He said it in Milwaukee last week. We were in the in Milwaukee for the Big Red Rally, and he said it during his media um, appearance there that he wants to be open. He wants people to feel a part of the program. He wants not only not only just regular Joe fans, but guys like Bernie and and former players to know what's going on in the program, and also for parents. I mean, that's a that's a big thing. Is you know, parents aren't there every day if. The, the, you know, the luckiest guys, I think, get to see their parents seven to ten times a year at games. And so maybe you have, you know, a half an hour on Friday night and ten minutes on Saturday if we're if it's a road game and then maybe Saturday night at dinner. But they don't know what's going on, really. So give them a window into into what's happening. And then there's also the recruiting side of it, obviously. I mean we've we've seen the best way to try and get guys to understand what the program is about is show them what happens on a day-to-day -day basis so that's a lot of the weight room stuff that's going on right now i mean that that's really what's happening right now is they're in the weight room 
five days a week. So that's that's what we can show. And hopefully when spring practice rolls around, we can show a little more, um, you know, get in get in some meetings and show what what the day to day of football football life is at Wisconsin. And, you know, because they're for our fans, too, we need to I don't know if it's rebranding the program, but we need to introduce what this new sort of this new staff is about. Um, a lot of it is similar. I mean, that, I think that <clears throat> similar, I mean, again, I've been here 25 years and we haven't changed a whole lot. The, the guys haven't changed. The foundation hasn't changed. What it looks like might change, you know, maybe be a little more open on offense. Defense might structurally look a little different, <clears throat> but the, the, what the program was built on the toughness and physicality. I, I don't see that going away in the, especially in the short time I've been around the staff. It, it looks like the culture has changed and more evolved. I, I like to say it's evolved from like a coach, Chris, who probably didn't care about social media and didn't really care probably about a lot of other things. I think this is where we are today is it, we're spoiled now. Like we were spoiled from winning. Now we're spoiled from seeing all this content and being part of it and, and, and knowing the faces on the team outside of the helmets and being in the weight room, like in the, like to me, it's, it's also a little bit like, you know, bringing back some of the old school thoughts of like JD yelling at me and like being freaked out. But then you saw the guys I was at yesterday. I think I saw them all in um, a leg hold with their backs against the wall. Yeah, arms wall sits. Yeah. Wall sits. And literally remembering like, man, we used to do stuff similar to that and how brutal it is, but how much it kind of does bring a team together. And Think about it. If you're on video, you're not going to drop. Like, that's awesome. So you're going to work harder. It goes out. Your mom might see it. Your parent, your significant other, somebody might see it. And you're like, man, you guys are working hard. This is so cool. And then it, you're right, Brian. If, you see, if you're a guy who's a senior in high school, you're like, man, I want to be part of this. Like, this is yeah. special. And that's the thing. Like, we, can, we don't want to put out a, a false narrative to, especially to, to kids that are looking to come here. Like, it's not easy to be a football player at Wisconsin. Like you're going to have to work hard. We don't want you to figure that out the first day you step on campus. Like we, we need you to know that because it, it needs to be the right fit for us. It needs to be the right fit for you too. Like it, it, sure. th there's different ways to do it. And again, we, we've been doing it the same hard work has been a, the foundation for, for everything. Um, for twenty the twenty five years I've been here, and that's yeah. not changing. And and to be able to show that, and then yeah, guys, guys like seeing themselves on on video. Most guys, I mean, I, not everyone. Some guys don't want the cameras around, but the and and that doesn't like whatever. Ten years ago, that might be a bad thing. You'd be like, oh, the guy loves a camera. Brad Davison was probably the poster boy for Wisconsin athletics. I mean, everything people wanted Wisconsin athletics to be about. Brad Davison posts a lot of pictures of himself on Instagram. Oh my God, a lot. Doesn't make him a bad guy. No. Doesn't make him not our kind of guy. Makes him like, that's great. Sure. You're proud of what you do. That That's awesome. And we've got uh, evolved. Guys so are Brian, evolved. You Actually, you bring up a good a good point that I'd love to hear more about because 
it seems like a Brad Davidson was building his own personal brand. 20 years ago with me, you didn't have a personal brand. You were just Bernie. You could find at Wando's on Saturday night or at the stadium. Like it was really pretty cut and dry. But these guys are much different with the NIL being being um, being brought in. What's that been like for you? Because now brand communications has got to be has drastically shifted with now people can get paid. But what is it like? Do you do they have classes on brand building and like what you do for yourself now? It just seems like there's so much as a as an athlete that you have that's other than the sport you just literally play. Yeah, I, we have we have a really good um, career and leadership department that's sort of tied in with the academic department. Um, it's called Forward Three Hundred and Sixty to. 360 build the entire student athlete and the brand building part of it is is big and not to you know in your day it was big too because you probably had to get a job afterwards but that's not as sexy to tell a (laughs) sophomore like hey everything you do should like be part of your brand because eventually you're gonna have to go on a job interview well now it's everything you do should be part of your brand because you can get paid for it for a social media post or for something. So that's a big part of our education is that everything you do, whether it's you post on social, whether it's you do interviews, how you present yourself in, in public settings, how you speak to donors at, at the donor luncheon, like all of that is part of your package and your brand um, and can be helpful. And you don't know what's which part someone who wants to go into business with you, whether it's actual paid business or if it's, you know, helping you get a job or whatever, you don't know which part they're going to look at and go, Oh yeah, that I'm really impressed by how he did that. Or on the flip side, that's a red flag. He handled himself that way in that situation. Um, so yeah, again, the, the scrutiny and, and what it, your, your menu of what's out there has grown immensely in the last, whatever, five, 10 years. It's so crazy, Brian, because you've evolved through this time. Like you said, you said you started in 01, but you started before that at, um, at Notre Dame. So like, you've really been part of this for over 30 years. How much it just, from my limited remembering of like, I could go out on a Saturday night and as long as nobody took a physical wind up camera picture of me, I was usually safe. No matter what I did, no matter what Greg Root and I did, no matter what people said and talked about, the lore is the lore. But now that's so not true. What, what in your experience has been like the hardest thing to get over or to, to evolve in? And then what do you think today's student? Is, what do you think is so different about today's student than, let's say, the old Matt Bernstein's of the early 2000s? Um, I think guys still have fun. Um, I don't know if it's – I don't know if it – so take media days, for example. Chicago, Big Ten media days. <clears throat> um, back in the day, in the 2000s, in the – in the Brooks Bollinger days and the, you know, we would, it was a two day event. So you'd mm-hmm. be there for two nights. The first night you'd get there and um, there really wasn't anything to do. Maybe go out to dinner with the head coach or something. And then 
kind of go on your own. And there was an interview session at 8 a.m. And inevitably, there would be a group of players from a team, could be, didn't have to be the same team every, that did not show up until about 8.27 with sunglasses on, with, you know, tie a little askew. Um, and now it, like, I don't know the reason, but that has that has not been the case. Maybe because they changed it to a one-day event and some teams just fly in and fly out. Or um, I'm sure yeah. for a specific reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think I mean Matt talked about it. These guys have been brought up in a generation where everything's on mm-hmm. on camera. So my assumption is that makes you a little makes you think twice about things that that may or that you may or may not do whereas yeah when we were in college i mean there <laughs> there were no consequences other than like the police are going to show up and take you away or your friends are just going to leave you wherever you are because you can't make it home like that was that those those are legit consequences. They're pretty but, bad consequences, but there's nothing in between. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, in between is you're embarrassed in front of public, which no, you weren't because everyone else was in the same yeah. state you were, so no one was getting embarrassed that night. And no one could but, take a picture of you. No one could videotape right. you unless they had like a you know the shoulder camera or something ridiculous. Yeah, and the next um, day, you, yeah. the next day you could make up the story because no right. one else. Yeah. You, you just say no. That didn't it, happen. Yeah, <laughs> no I was very good at. The, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I was good at the no comment for the night before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it comes in handy. That's where. Yeah. Actually, Brian, you bring up a really funny. Actually, bringing me back. So they took Brett Bell, me, and Joe Thomas for senior uh, day in Chicago, and it was a two day trip, or maybe it was just an overnight. I think we drove in and we and we were there, and then and. Brett and I were like, dude, we're never going to do this again. Let's go out. And so we kind of, you know, like it was weird because you had three or four guys from each team. You really like these guys. Like you really didn't like them. And it was weird to be part of like, I think that's a little different. I think you could tell me different. I think these guys don't dislike other teams or other team players as much as like, I didn't, I never shook anyone's hand after a game. Like I never, I didn't even know that was something you were supposed to really do is go out there and like hug dudes and, I don't remember that being part of like our our culture, but now it seems like you go out, you shake hands, like the game's the game. Well, because also because Burn though, all these kids have grown up playing on seven on seven circuits against each other, so they've been they they you know if you are from especially if you are from the south where I live, like you might live in Tennessee, but you are playing a seven seven on tournament in Atlanta one weekend in Orlando the next weekend, and you're playing against all these other teams, and you're just, it's not quite the same level of AAU basketball. But it's getting there. And so I think a lot of these guys have a lot more relationships and also because of social media, know a lot of these other guys just through social media before they even get to school because they've heard of this guy because they saw a highlight clip of him on TikTok or whatever. But Brian probably has better insights into that than I do. Yeah, like on the recruiting process, like they go on trips together. So you might go to Iowa together. But one of them ends up at Wisconsin, one of them ends up at Iowa. And you've formed a bond and you've, yeah, you go back and forth. Like, yeah, social media makes it easy to 
go back and forth with each other now and, and create a relationship. We, we use it in recruiting. You know, we get a couple commits and those commits are recruiting for us now, you know, whether on a visit sure. or they're through social media. So mm-hmm. you, you create those, those, bonds. and then with guys transferring, like maybe you were on that team last year. Or sure. Something. Sure. You didn't even talk about, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny is, so I didn't have any of those experiences that would make me like any of these other guys. I literally came to Wisconsin. That was the only place I was going there. We're in a, we we're like, Oh, we kind of got some of the guys together thinking it would be a good idea. Um, we went to a, some bar that no one was at pretty much. Maybe it was in the hotel bar. I've, I'm not sure. And Brett Bell and I drank like we were at Wando's. Joe Thomas wouldn't. And all the other dudes were like, guys, we got media days. It's like, you got to be up and ready. Brett and I like, what? You guys play for the Big Ten? Like, we were on people hard. Matt Perkins, who was the center for the Jets who played at Ohio State? He was one of the best dudes forever. Alan Fanica? No, no, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Mangold. Mangold. Nick Mangold. We were on Nick because he he was just chilling. We're like, yo, Nick, you got to grab a beer, man. You're going to be in the NFL next year. And he like just wouldn't do it. And I like Brett Bell and I are like terrible peer pressurers together. <laughs> um, but everyone else had a good media day. And I, I know me and him were struggling the whole entire time. Like it was <laughs> but it was a great experience. But media, I could understand because now being at a media day, you can have anyone there taking a picture of us. I was nervous to see like Jeff's face, right? Like, Oh, if he comes around seeing me and Brett trash, we have an issue. But outside of that, like, I don't know who anyone else was. Um, <laughs> what a good time though. Joe Thomas did not want to have a lot of beers with us, but he could take like 20 beers and be fine. He's just a superhuman in every, in yeah, every all, all of famer in everything he does. <laughs> he really is all really of is. in everything he does, <laughs> including media now, including media. Now he's, I mean, yeah. He's he's so good at it. It's not fair. Um, I, I remember seeing him. I don't know, maybe junior year or something in the locker room, and thinking, "That's the smallest, like three hundred and twenty pound person I've ever seen." Because there was not an ounce of fat on him, and he was six foot eight, mm-hmm. so he didn't he didn't look like what a three hundred and twenty pound person in my mind looked like. He looked like he was, I don't know, two seventy five or something, just because he was so bad there. And yeah, like a superhuman specimen. And then he went into the weight room and did weights through the room. Like you couldn't even believe because he didn't look big. So you're like, how are you moving all this weight? But he really was over 300 pounds. It just looked now you can know why he's like so beautiful and an Adonis because he literally ate his way into 300. And then he, it was it's hard to sustain that. Now he's just like, what, 220 just cut. Yeah, can't be two twenty. His bones probably weigh that much, but <laughs> I was listening to him the other day. He said it was two forty or two forty five. So like, yeah, I haven't seen two forty five in like thirty four, thirty nine, forty years of my life. Maybe I was I passed it quickly uh, in like high school. <laughs> but then he'd go in track and just like throw a shot put, like and win the Big Ten. Just like show up that day and be like, oh, I have the wrong shoes on, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt, but. I'm just going to throw this. Does this work? Yeah. Okay. You win. Yeah. Here's your tree. Here's your trophy. Yeah. Hall of Famer. <laughs> right. um, so Brian, we, I know we're, we're, we're getting kind of close and we're pretty much over, but do you have any guys you like loved, loved being around back in the day for like history? And then who are some of the guys today? You're like, man, I love listening to them speak at media days. Yeah. So from a basketball standpoint, Devin Harris was great. Um, and I, I think like an underrated player in Wisconsin history. I mean, he was 
he was, and maybe this is my bias because I saw every one of his games, but he was like unbelievable. That his junior year when he was Big Ten Player of the Year, um, he was number five pick overall for a reason. And then, and he was he was awesome to deal with. Like there's some guys that come in and they play right away as freshmen, and they get shoved into this spotlight and can just handle it right away because they're very comfortable with like who they are and their role on the team. He he was the first one because I think my first year was his freshman year. So we kind of learned together. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Jonathan, fun to, he was fun to be around. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor was exactly like that too. Like as polished and mature as he was on the football field. And you were like, Oh my God, this kid's 18 years old. How is he, how is he doing all this? It was the same thing like off the field. People would be like, Oh, you do such a great job with JT. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I literally just said like, you have to talk to this person and he'd go out and he'd smile and he'd be engaging. Um, just like really unbelievable. Um, with the Super Bowl coming up, TJ Edwards is another one. You know, he played, he was, he was a starting linebacker for a long time on our teams and through some really good years. And then his senior year was not, you know, I think what we all expected, but guy that showed up every media opportunity and when was, he was one that we, like, we have guys that were like, okay, you are, <laughs> you are our guy, good or bad, ugly. We're mm-hmm. trotting you out because we know you're going to handle it well. And he, I mean, the number of interviews he must have done over four years was was remarkable. Never, never a like screw you or a, I'm not doing this or hiding or whatever. You got um, a lot of guys who hide. <laughs> not really. No, it's you know, and and we're I'm cognizant of if we trot a guy out. So I mean, Graham Mertz, there were. A, a handful of times I gave Graham an out like, Hey, if you're not feeling it today after this game, like you can stay in the training room. I know you're getting treatment. He's like, no, I'll, I'll be up. I'm good. Um, you know, and that that's really admirable, but there are some guys where I know like, Hey, you need, this wouldn't be in our best interest or your Nick Herbig. Great. I love Nick Herbig. Very emotional guy especially after games so there's a couple times hey we'll get a monday (laughs) (laughs) you go back and and collect your thoughts and and we'll we'll do this on monday and and we'll be good um good to be the gatekeeper though because like i said i think there are some people who would in the moment it's not a good time to be getting a, a a quote out to the world after a loss specifically Oh, we lost you. Oh, I think we I think we froze him. Oh, yeah, I'm frozen. Now you're back. Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> go ahead, ask it again, Burn. I was gonna say it. It sounds like it's great that 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 you know the guys and like you could be the gatekeeper to say, hey, let's this guy not today, not a good time. Like raw. Some people will make mistakes, and you. What's great about you is that you don't want that to happen. Yeah, and and sometimes sometimes it's my job to talk guys into it and why it is in their best interest to go out there and and kind of face the music and and then not leave them out there hanging out to dry for 25 minutes like go up there do your 
do your thing for five minutes and we'll get you out of there. That's better than, than not, than just not doing something and maybe letting a teammate answer for you or something like that. Um, that in the long run, it, again, and you're looking at your personal brand in the long run, it, it will benefit you. So I, we're, I have one more question because, uh, and we are way over, but, um, what are you most excited about, you know, this year coming up with all the changes and everything that's happened? There's a couple things. Um, I think we will have opportunities to storytell differently. I mean, we referenced sort of the, the openness of the, of the program and, um, and the social media stuff. I think we'll, we'll have some opportunities from that perspective. I think we'll have some opportunities from a sort of fan engagement perspective. Um, we announced last week that, you know, one of the practices will be open. We're doing it the launch. Um, it's not, it's not the traditional spring game, but it's not far off from a spring game. I, I so my personal kind of crusade is don't call it a spring game. If it's not like, if you're not wearing the game jerseys and it's not, there's not a winner and a loser, but if you want to watch football and an offense and a defense, 11 guys versus 11 guys, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, so yeah, we've got those kinds of opportunities. And then, I mean, just like everyone else, I'm excited to see what, what the team can do. I'm, I'm a fan just like everyone else. You know, I, I see the names, I see the stars, I see what we've got coming back, um, how that all meshes, the the different coaches and the different styles, and that's exciting to me. Right? As for 25 years, I've always looked at the schedule, whatever whatever time of year, whatever sport I'm doing, gone, okay, yeah, win, win, law, uh, yes. maybe loss, win, win. Like, we do it all the time. Basketball is the best because basketball – before last night, you're like, God, I don't know what we're what we're gonna do. And then you win last night, you're like, Oh, we can get this one and this one and this one, and oh, we're at 20 wins already. <laughs> basketball, basketball, you lose one, you never think you're gonna win again, and you win one, you never think you're gonna lose again. Football is very regular, and you've got you've got some time to get over wins or losses. Basketball, though, there's no time to to get over it. So yeah, th- those are those are the things I'm excited for. Yeah, listen, I I agree with you. I'm excited for Squat Fest, June 30th. I think I yes, might sir. be there. I'm trying to be there for that. I'm excited for whatever the spring game might look like, the launch. I'm hope I doubt I'll be there, but I want to be there. Um, but I think it would be good to watch some kind of football. Let the fans, you know, this could be the most sold out tickets than ever because it's such a new uh, the regime, the new players. I don't know. It's a super exciting. I, I just think everything we're going to be contenders next year, right off the bat. Like, I love that. I love that. We're not really taking a couple years to figure it out. Like we're aggressive today. Yeah. Um, it, it's exciting. My job is fun when people are talking about us, you know, and then figuring out where to slot us in and what, what opportunities we have. Um, yeah. I, I joke that, that during the launch, the open practice, we should just, not hand the ball off, like just throw, <laughs> just throw it, it the whole time. 85 times, <laughs> just blow people's minds. Have have Braylon back there throwing it, you know, he, he's proven. We know he can. We know yeah, he exactly. can. So. Exactly. He's got like 10 wide receivers out and a center. Not <laughs> a center, a quarterback, and nine wide receivers. Just have them all go deep. And 
it actually could be, it's a legal formation, right? It's, it, it can be legal. Um, <laughs> we, we don't want it to end up like the, the Cowboys last, uh, last play though. I mean, what was, what was their playoff game they just had where they lined up Zeke at oh yeah at yeah yeah, yeah the, which up. did not work at all no. just like uh, what was it Colts Patriots like back in the Peyton Manning days yeah. I think it was yeah they did like the same dumb thing so <laughs> we um, did have one one last we did have one during that that crazy Nebraska Big Ten championship game we oh the seventy one, to thirty one game or whatever yeah, it was we had one formation like that when Kurt Phillips was quarterback and whoever the center was. Like snapped it to him and then just went out for a pass and caught like a 15-yard pass. It might have been like Sam Arneson or someone. So it, it has worked like once, I saw. <laughs> I love Sam. Yeah. It has worked once. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. I mean, this is it's exciting times to be you. I guess it's exciting times to be a player now. I, I just can't wrap my head around just like how much other stuff you have to do as an you're not a student athlete, you're a brand manager, you're a business it's, it's crazy to me um but dude, thank you for your time and uh wish you the best and i can't wait to see you in in madison i'll try not to get on any uh anyone's board during that time yeah yeah we'll have to we'll, have to, we'll give you some media training when you're here <laughs> i think i i think i can figure it out at this point okay. uh, what not to say don't call anyone out um but yeah, man, I, I, uh, this is so cool. And I love to get the inside scoop from, from your perspective on, on what's going on. I can ask you a hundred more questions, believe me, but we'll let you go. I'm, I'm sure it's a busy day in snowy Madison today. It yeah, is. It is. Well, thanks so much for tuning in everyone. Um, and we will be back, uh, next week. And, uh, until then, uh, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.